And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's going on? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice. So excited to be here talking with you about your still first place, Toronto Blue Jays. It's only the end of April, but we can still start saying that. There's never a bad time to, to note the team. Is in first place. As I mentioned, this is spin rate. We talk about the Blue Jays for the Athletic. If you haven't subscribed to the Athletic, you gotta. You gotta go to theathletic.com slash spin rate. You gotta subscribe to the show as well. We do it twice a week on the weekends with Caitlin McGrath, who covers the Blue Jays for the Athletic. And then the one you are hearing right now, joined by the newest member of the spin rate team, former Blue Jay starter, Ricky Romero. Ricky, how are you? Are you I'm excited? Doing great. You're doing great. Doing great, man. Yeah, it's exciting. Jays are playing good baseball. Um, I feel like the city's getting even more exciting or excited. And yeah, that two that game two nights ago was pretty crazy, huh? Absolutely. That, that, I think that's what we're <laughs> going to talk about today. We've got a few things we're going to talk about. I want to talk about the Blue Jays and those, the excitement of the games, which is something to keep your eye on, is what I will say. It's exciting as a fan, but it's something to keep your eye on, as well as some of the, the offense, where it's coming from and where it's maybe not coming from. Um, and then some just general uh, what's going on. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the ball. But let's start with the exciting games. So the Blue Jays are playing some really exciting games, taking advantage of kind of a weakness in maybe the Boston Red Sox, who their bullpen, when I see the guys coming out of there, I'm surprised the bullpen's not better at times because they've got some nasty dudes that come flying out of that bullpen. But, of course, the game you're talking about, Blue Jays made a big comeback down three against the Red Sox late end up winning on a Ramiel Tapia sack fly when the Blue Jays loaded the bases in extra innings. But this is not a new thing, right? The Blue Jays are playing a ton of one-run games. Right now, as we record this, they are 6-1 in one-run games. From, from your perspective, what, what does that say about the team? I, 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 have a, I have a feeling I know what you might say, but what do you think it says about the team that's really gotten off to a hot start in terms of winning all these close games? Well, first of all, I think the biggest thing was, and we saw it last year, Drew, where they lost a lot of these close games, and it came, mm-hmm. and it came back to bite them in the ass at the end. And what we're seeing right now is, one, um, they have a legit closer who's coming in and shutting the door, and and two, yes, uh, we talked a little bit about it over text yesterday about the offense and how they haven't been clicking, but the fact that they're they remind me a lot of the 09 Yankees, the 09 2010-11 Red Sox, where they were so patient at the plate. And we're seeing that. They're, they're running deep counts on these guys. And I mentioned it yesterday with Nick, uh, with Nick Pavetta a couple nights ago. Great stuff. He's got nasty stuff, man. And, and they made him work. They made him work till they got him out of there in the fifth inning. So we're seeing the battles that are going on at the plate. We might not be seeing it on the scoreboard with the runs, but they're they're going out there and putting up good ABs. They're not giving at bats away. And 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 you like to see that. And and when you're able to do that to 
to an opposing pitcher, I'll tell you what, man, it's <laughs> it's more mentally exhausting than it is physically. And and you just one after another after another. It's just a battle and a battle and a battle. And when you do when you do stuff like that to a starting pitcher, chances are you're gonna knock him out of the game early and you're still gonna give yourself a chance to to maybe come out on top. I find it really interesting that you said this because I agree. And anyone, you can watch the games and watch these these at bats, these battles happening. But I think it's different. It's a really more of like a 2022 style of battling because the Blue Jays, as a team, don't really walk. They have the third lowest walk rate in all of baseball. But what mm-hmm. they do, and I think there's nobody who who more better exemplifies this than Bo Bichette, and that's they foul pitches off, which yeah. is very much a 2022 thing. Just fouling pitches off, fouling pitches off, fighting, battling, fighting, because they are very free swinging. And even even uh, that in that 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 game, the comeback with uh, with Tapia's uh, sack fly, he fouled off a ton of tough pitches before he was yeah. able to get one that he could drive deep enough to to score uh Bobichet there from third base so I think it's 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 um I, I would agree that it, it's great to see them battling there there are no tough outs even when when they aren't running their a lineup out there right now or when they're running a, a lineup out with a couple of guys like, like Bo Bichette or even Lourdes Griel we're treading water a little bit but they're still talented and they still can yeah. put the bat on the ball and just make your life miserable when you're a pitcher, and and I think the other piece, that, that getting back to what you what we said off the top, was that like there's a there's a lot. I think one run games are a, are a bit of a um, like a again I said worrisome. I don't think that you can get in the habit of trying to win every one run game. Now the Blue yeah. Jays have guys like George Springer who is you know among the more the kind of recognized as one of the better kind of clutch performers in baseball. You know baseball baseball nerds have kind of gone back and forth on this. Like clutch doesn't exist, and if you look at it in a in a bigger <laughs> sample, if you look, it, well, I mean, like David Ortiz is, is the the example that people have used for years, which is yes, David Ortiz has an amazing record coming up in in big spots and, and has dri- driven in tons of huge runs. But if you look at David Ortiz's numbers in high leverage spots, they're the same as as the numbers at all times because he's just a good hitter. So he, he's a good hitter when it matters and he's a good hitter when when it's you know when it's early in the game or a blowout. And I think that's true of Springer. But I think it's a I'm the only thing I would say worried isn't the word, but I'm I'm wary of them kind of boosting maybe maybe wary isn't the record. You'd like to see them get a couple blowouts. Is kind of where I'm coming from. <laughs> like these these one run games are, but, are are they're all they all count right? All the wins count, but but I'd still think a couple blowouts would maybe set my mind at ease. You're you're just not ready for those uh that October feeling yet, right? You just kind of want to settle in. It almost feels like every game has an October type of feeling, like it's a playoff game, like you're at the edge of your seat, and you're you look back and you're like, God, Lee, this is only April, and and. I'm about to have a heart attack on these games and, and you know, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I understand what you're saying, but um, at the same time, like I said, people and, and I'm pretty, uh, I like to uh, use Twitter to kind of communicate with fans and stuff like that. And, and people are always like, well, the offense is not producing. The offense is not doing this. I'm like, sit back and enjoy the wins at the end of the day. Isn't this what we wanted? We wanted wins. We wanted to see this team win last mm-hmm. year, early in the season, we saw how much they struggled out of the bullpen side, and and that became a big question mark. Right now, they're winning. Obviously, there's always going to be something to improve on, and and clearly the the guys in that clubhouse know that. But let's enjoy the wins, and let's enjoy, like you mentioned at the start of this podcast, it's they enjoy them being in first place right now, and 
it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon and Mm -hmm. and that's a big cliche used in baseball but it's the truth and if this guy's chip away chip away chip away chip away with these wins at the end of the season you're gonna look back and be like okay we're good (laughs) you're absolutely right you made you make a great point and you and i were talking a little bit about golf before we started to record and the big one of my favorite lines about when you're talking about golf is they don't ask how they ask how many and mm-hmm. and if the Blue Jays are trying to win 95, 96, 97 games, that maybe they didn't quote unquote deserve to win, uh, you know, some early season games or they they were able to take advantage of the, the those rare uh, or those opportunities that that came up. You know, no one's going to complain. You can't take those wins off the board. I think it's it's uh, some of us and again, the way that some people we, we think about the game, it's more about projecting forward than it is even about appreciating the moment. And yeah. I think that the way that they're going right now, you know, it's, again, you you take these wins and you love what the bullpen is giving, but I think you see in in the game the the big comeback against Boston versus the game that they um, that they lost on Wednesday night, where it was a close game, but then it only takes you know one one mistake or yeah. or one uh, one misplaced pitch or you know like the the walk off in in Houston when just one kind of misplaced fastball and and then that game is over. So you hope you 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 appreciate the wins, you count and- the wins. Yeah. And you hope that they're going to continue to improve so that the games aren't also heart attack inducing. Yeah. And then, and you look at a guy like Justin Verlander, he came out and, and everyone, I kind of started sensing the feeling on social media. We're like, oh man, is he going to throw another no hitter against us? And then bam, like, like you mentioned one bad inning, all of a sudden it starts just trickling down. They start getting base hits. And our guy, Santiago Espinal, has just been amazing at the bottom part of that lineup. It's almost like he's become a catalyst down there, and he understands that role of what he needs to do. I mean, all of a sudden, he's turned into kind of a power hitter, too. So that's that's good to see. <laughs> he's all things but- to all men at this point. He's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, what, how far has, has Santiago Espinal come when he was a late inning pinch hitter as opposed yeah. to being the guy who would get pinch hit for? They're like, we need a hit. Better bring on Santiago fucking Espinal. And he draws <laughs> and, he, and he has a great plate appearance, right? Like, what a stud. I can't yeah. believe that. But this is the guy we're talking about. But um, a great a great deal. Uh, you know, when you think there were some people uh, mentioned that he was traded for Steve Pierce, who of course went on to win the world series MVP mm-hmm. for the Red Sox, but uh, just a, just a huge shot in the arm. And, and again, I remember talking about this with Caitlin last year, which is, you know, you, you love to see somebody come up and kind of like steal a job. We were talking about Jonathan, da- Jonathan, David, is that, am I thinking of- yeah, Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Oh, the center yeah, fielder, sorry, yeah. I, was, I was thinking about Jonathan David, like the, the Canadian soccer, the striker who plays oh, for yeah. Canada, <laughs> Jonathan Davis, who I was like, I really love to see him come out and steal, steal a job and like really like in, in push him, put himself in there to play every day. And of course that didn't quite work out, but that's been all it has. He's made yeah. that job his own. He's made himself a key contributor and whether or not, I mean, when you watch him, I guess is the question is, is, is there anything about what he's doing that you think is not real or is like not going to continue? Because he's having great at bats, which he did last year. He just has a bit of a different body and a bit more opportunity to continue to show what he can do. Yeah. And he's taking full advantage of it. And that's what you like to see. And he, and I keep saying it like this guy came in ready. He came in ready to win a job and he, he's leaving no doubt. And, and the more you go out there and you put up good at bats, these are the type of guys that you need in order to to continue to win. Yeah, we know what a, what we're going to get out of a Springer. We know what we're going to get out of a Bo, a Vladdy, to Oscar Hernandez. We're, we know what they bring to this game. But when you have the bottom of the lineup setting up tones for the top of the lineup like that, I mean, man, like you mentioned, we when you're a start when you're a pitcher and you're looking at this lineup, you're like, well there's 
there's not a break here, there's not a break here. Shoot, and I have to deal with Santiago Espinal, who seems to be seeing the ball like a beach ball right now. Like, you know, mm-hmm. even though I'm sure guys are going to continue to take their shots against him because they're like, there's no way he can continue to do this. And you see the guys, you know, like Verlander challenging him with fastballs, and Espinal's going to say, fuck it, let's go, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he's going to put the bat on the ball, and, and, and good things happen. And he's making it happen for himself. And even like, uh, you know, right now, Tapia at the bottom of the lineup, man, like the more I watch him and I've paid attention to his at bats, it's like he takes good at bats. They might not he might not always come out on top, but it's almost like he takes a huge hack early in the count. And then he kind of like starts battling, 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 battling. And he's not an easy strikeout by any means. And and and, and again, you like to see that at the end of the day. We're in an era of, of pitch counts and these starters, some of these starters are really, really good. And 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 when you're able to do that to a starting pitcher and knock them out early and get to that bullpen early in the game, I mean, it, it just, it's a, it, for me, it's a recipe for success. No, no, uh, no team wants to get into that bullpen early in the game. And when you do that, you know that, especially leading up to a, a four game series, it, it, it makes it tough because now you rely on the next day starter to go deep into the game and so on and so forth. Well, and, it, and it's exactly as we were talking about before too, where, where they're making the Blue Jays offense is not clicking. You know, it's not firing on all cylinders. You know, they, even though they lead the league in home runs, it, it's this weird kind of like back and forth where you watch them and you're like, they're capable of so much more, right? There's yeah. so much more in this lineup. But then you look and you're like, Oh, they've hit more home runs than anybody. But then you realize <laughs> that, that the, when the floodgates will really open is when those home runs continue, but there are more and more people on base yeah. when they start to hit them. Right. And, and I think you, you make the point that, that said Tapia, when he came up in with that base loaded, of course he, he delivered. I don't know about you. He's up there. Uh, there's one out. I'm like, man, safety squeeze. Like, let's win the game. But, but, but maybe that's, maybe, maybe that's, hey. you know, that's not what he's there to do. But at the same time, I'm like, just if he, if he can do even just, any kind of bunt, he's gonna, you know, either he's gonna beat it out or they're, or they're gonna like the chances of them get doubling him up on a bunt seem really slim. So I, I mean, maybe I'm old school. I'm showing it, my it, age. It, I'm like, bunt. it crossed, <laughs> it, it crossed my mind too. It really mm-hmm. did. I was yeah. like, man, how su- the energy that it would bring if you saw like not even a safety squeeze, but a suicide squeeze or something, you know, just to mm-hmm. kind of get it going. But at the end of the day, again, they they won the game and and he put up a great at bat. And then another guy. Prior to him was Alec Alejandro Kirk too. The at bat he put up was amazing, and um, mm-hmm. and when you're battling with two strikes against those relievers that are coming in throwing absolute gas and nasty movement, and you're able to battle, battle them, battle them, and then work a walk. I mean, you tip your hat to that. We'll be right back with more spin rate, but first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Alejandro Kirk, I'm having a really difficult time with Alejandro Same. Kirk right now. Same. Uh, because, <laughs> because he does. He, he is like so many of these, these guys where he turns in these really high quality at bats. He's walked. Way more than he's even struck out this year. I think he's only got six strikeouts or something in, in what, 50 plate appearances. Not even. Um, but he had, doesn't have a single extra base hit this month. So I wonder, like, is something, something's got to give, right? Which is that, well, let me ask you then. How would you pitch Alejandro Kirk? What, what's the best way to approach a guy like that? A guy who knows the zone, a guy who's got a great, you know, can really put the ball in play. But maybe you're not so worried about him hurting you with the long ball or yeah. with, with extra base power. It's definitely a guy that you look in the lineup and you're like, okay, I can, I can work around these guys to get to this guy, and I'm going to pitch to this guy and make sure he doesn't beat me. Obviously, if you leave a, a ball fat over the plate, he's going to make you pay. But the no extra base hits and and stuff like that is, you kind of sit there and look at it and you're like, is Zach Collins running away with his backup job right now? Like, is is you know is can this possibly happen? Because eventually, I, I believe the rosters are going to trim down, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so you kind of start to want, if once Danny comes back, I'm saying like, I doubt they're going to carry three three catchers. And t- trust me, I'm a huge Alejandro Kirk fan. I, I, I love, I, I love him, man. He's, 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 he's cool. Like, it's just, it's, he's fun to watch. And, and, but you're seeing Zach Collins come in and just hit absolute tanks. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know what? Like, there's only room for two because usually an, a team only carries two catchers. So once Danny comes back, I'd hate to be Charlie Montoya. Absolutely, and it's it's a tough choice because you know something else I want to talk to you about a little bit is, is defense. So number one, <clears throat> there's I think there's been some pretty legitimate questions asked about Zach Collins' defense, mm-hmm. right? Zach Collins, uh, in particular, it was, I don't know if it was the the really awful game where the where the the, the Jays got that terrible zone, but you know Zach Collins' framing maybe isn't quite up to snuff. Maybe could have been part of the the kind of knock against him um, early on. Where Alejandro Kirk, I think I think a lot of the the early criticism of his defense was sort of unfounded. It was mostly more about the way that he looked than it was about the way that he that he does his job. Because I don't think I think he's he's actually uh, quite a good framer. He ra- he ranks as a really this early on. Really good at framing, um, which is in in a lot of ways the job now, right? The, you know, throwing guys out here and there, but the framing is the job. So, do you think that the Blue Jays can carry behind the plate and can deal with some not as much offense uh, in exchange for defense, or how how would you kind of sort those things out? Well, it, to me, so are we are we saying Danny Jansen's like if Danny Jansen's back? Yeah, Danny, I think we, we, we okay. can safely so, say that Danny Jansen is the starter. He's also probably the best defender and the best offensive okay, player so, when he's going right so let's say danny jansen's gonna catch five six nights a week then yeah i would trade a bit of the defense for the offense if if mm-hmm. zach collins is that guy that's gonna catch once maybe twice a week because mm-hmm. i know what i'm gonna get in danny jansen again this is alejandro kirk now if alejandro kirk uh comes out today and goes you know three for four with two home runs and then he starts heating up and you it kind of changes the narrative a little bit but right now I mean, yeah, I, I feel like the team is struggling on in, in on offense a bit, and 
Zach Collins has provided power for you. And, and, and I think that's, that's key. I think that the fact that Zach Collins is off has offered that left-handed power has yeah. looked if nothing else decent at the plate, right? He's like, again, he's, he's, he's driving the ball and, and you know, striking out a lot, but whatever. Uh, it makes it really hard to, to move away from yeah. him because you just kind of fall in love with the idea of a power hitting left-handed catcher, as opposed mm-hmm. to a guy who, who in Kirk, who, you know, you love what he can do, but, yeah. but is he the best player to help the team do what the team needs to do long-term mm-hmm. and and it's unfortunate and and again because it's, there's so much to like about Alan yeah. Kirk you watch 100 percent like yeah and but I've always been a huge fan huge fan of his and and um yeah it's just it's yeah I mean you, you're seeing a bit of slow starts to certain guys you know mm-hmm. and you hope that they do get hot and um you know another guy is obviously Bo Bichette and he's been the talk lately about what's going on with his bad and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you just hope that these guys find a groove. Again, you wish the offense could click for 162 games, but people, listen to me. It's not possible. <laughs> yeah. It's not possible. <laughs> but the good thing, again, they're winning these games even without these guys getting hot. And mm-hmm. and 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 that's the key. Once these guys get hot, because there's going to come a stretch where Vladdy kind of hits a little bit of a slump, you know, mm-hmm. George Springer too. And it's just a... The ups and downs of a of a baseball season, but um, that's where you hope Bo starts getting hot and he picks up the offense a little bit and vice versa. So it's just it's a trickling effect, and you just hope that these guys feed off each other. I feel like Vlad, in a lot of ways, is kind of very reflective of the team at large, which is that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think has eight extra base hits this year, and he got four of them in one game. So he's not quite you know firing on all cylinders, but yeah. he's so good, right? He's he's starting from such a high floor. That he's that he's fine, and you, you're <laughs> yeah. not you're not aware of the fact that he's that he's not quite you know doing exactly everything that 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 we've seen him do in, in through all of last year. And it's, so he's so obviously capable of. But it's funny it's funny you say that because last night before I went to bed I was like, is Vladdy struggling? Because I haven't really seen him like do like be the Vladdy that like you said he set himself for such a high ceiling and then mm-hmm. I look at his batting average and he's hitting over 300 and I'm like okay no he's fine it's just it's been a quiet 300 and and it just seems like like you said he's just gets his base hits here and there and and um yeah but it's just it's it's weird how that works like these guys you 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 he goes and does what he did in New York and you kind of expect to see that night in every night and then it just hasn't happened but it's like Again, he's having a solid start to the to, to the season, and obviously he's he's a reason why this team has won lots of ball games too. He has the quietest three eighty on base and like five sixty <laughs> slugging you could ever ask for. Uh, wh- one thing I want I want to talk to ask you about because because I'd love to know what you think. Which is one of the things I think you can uh, attribute to the Blue Jays this year is a much improved defense. Now, some of that obviously is an Im- improved personnel. Number one, Matt in the in the person of Matt Chapman, who's as good as it gets. I'm um, getting some more time from George Springer, who made some spectacular catches. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent. I mean, it's so early, but I maybe maybe the spectacular might outweigh some of the other plays that, that are harder to make. But the Blue Jays shift more than anybody in baseball right now. Uh, exaggerated shift, four man outfield. You know, throwing the guy way out there. How do you 
feel about the shift like would you like to play behind a defense that's shifting around as much like this or or we start with the defense behind you um uh, and and do you think that this is a this is something that that's going to continue for them to be able to shift at this really high level and really go all in on this like betting on on the analytics and betting on guys hitting into the defense um if it works yeah i'm i'm, yeah. I'm for it you know and and but again for me me personally i feel like i was a, a ground ball pitcher when i was at on top I, I i struck out guys but i wasn't like double digits every game or high up there it was more i'm gonna pitch to contact and 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 you're gonna see a lot of ground balls so um i feel like the shifting kind of began when i kind of broke into the big leagues and it wasn't that big of a deal but brian butterfield if you remember him third base mm-hmm. coach mm-hmm. and he he was big into the shift and he would come up to me and this is before the analytics and the data and all that and be like hey what if we move this guy here would you be okay I'm like, yeah, if if you do that, then I can pitch him a certain way so that we can he can hit it into the shift. But mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't as big as it is now. So um I I see the benefits of it and I obviously see the frustration in pitchers when it doesn't work and if yeah. it finds a hole and you're like, oh man, that could have been the game or or the the inning ending double play. But I mean, does the data the data shows that the shift works more often than not, correct? Well, so the data shows, I think, on ground balls, um, and, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I know that Russell Carlton at Baseball Prospectus has done a lot of really good work on it, and, and some there's some belief that maybe it works. It's less efficient. I think it depends. I think the shift against right-handed batters in particular has, like, iffy i think the, when you see these extreme shifts against the lefties and you know because it's really just taking the idea of of an infielder and, and stretching it to its its most absurd i remember going to a game and i was sitting up in the right field bleachers a, a blue jays game and and when brett laurie was playing third base and it was from that perspective that i realized as opposed to on tv just how deep into like shallow right field those guys are playing yeah and you see it against again you know the i guess who is it the orioles are playing against the yankees and and they the orioles went with four outfielders against joey gallo but then you look and you realize that that third baseman or shortstop whoever's out there that's basically like they almost had five outfielders mm-hmm. against joey against joey gallo and i mean there are guys like that guys who don't hit the ball on the ground the other way at all I mean, they used to do it against Jose Bautista, for example, you know, a lot, again, a dead red, you know, pole hitter, you hit everything on, on the ground that way. So I think that, that you, it's, it, there's, a, there's the, that risk and reward, but over, I think when you're doing it as much as the Blue Jays are, you tend to, you're, you're, you're looking to maximize that over the long haul, yeah. right? Because if you, if you, I feel like if you pick your spots, more you're it's more there's a more gamble involved with it as opposed to being like this is just how we defend we move mm-hmm. these guys around we throw yeah. we do four outfielders so and, i think that i think that if it's if it's going to work if it's if it's again knowing the the pitching staff and and looking to extract every out you can and like make sure if you have a chance to make an out then you're going to get it I, I i don't think that there's anything wrong with it it's when people start to like combat it uh, actively combat it as opposed to being like oh he sort of like hit the ball at the middle and there was nobody there but i think it's when you start to see those guys kind of bunting against it or, let or me ask, slapping let me, balls hmm. let me ask you this drew do you think hmm. it's changed uh the perspective of the blue jays because of matt chapman at third base like shifting guys a little bit more than than the normal and them being the highest shifted team I think that that Matt Chapman it gives them a, a a tool on the when he's like alone on the left side that they wouldn't have had before. Yeah, and I think that Matt Chapman just in general gives them an edge in that it takes some of the pressure off of like Bob Shet 
to be as rangy, right? We, you know, I think mm-hmm. we talked about this, yeah. Caitlin and I talked about this, like, you know, just the difference in the arm and like what it takes for, for Chapman to, to gear up and, and throw across the infield versus when you see with, with Bichette, especially when he's kind of getting towards the hole, it, it's all he's got to get it across the infield sometimes. And, and Chapman's arm strength is just so easy <laughs> and it's just like so unnatural, but, yeah. but I think it really gives him, gives him an edge. And I think it also can help to, you know, running four, four outfielders. I mean, you see the good and the bad with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. out there. He's got a great arm, but takes some goofy routes. And no one, Teoscar Hernandez, it's so crazy that Teoscar Hernandez's defense was such a concern for so long. And now it's just mm-hmm. like, you do, we don't even talk about it. He's so yeah. athletic. He's one of the fastest runners on the team and, and, and having a, a decent center fielder. And the other thing I would say also is that you can see that, that commitment to defense in the guys they brought in, right? In Tapia and Bradley Zimmer. Like yeah. Zimmer is there to do that job, right? He yeah. can, when they can do that, just like the Astros used to do, where it's like late innings, you bring in the, the glove and then you move Springer over to right. And it's crazy and, because Zimmer to me doesn't look fast, but when, he, when you see him take a route on a ball, it's like he glides. He reminds me a little bit of a, like like Kobe Rasmus, where it, he wasn't like the fastest guy on the team, but the mm-hmm. way they, they, they got jumps off the bat. It was amazing, man. And these guys just glide to the ball and it's just like they make it look so easy. And 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 that's what's cool when you when you see guys that are able to do that, have that skill in, in their back pocket. And, and Bradley Zimmer definitely has that. It's one of the weirdest things, I think, as for for a fan. And I, I think again, TV can can almost make it look easier than it is. Where it's like <laughs> a guy runs from eight, like he runs and he knows exactly where the ball's gonna land, yeah. right? And and you see them make take like a direct route and they're there the ball and they arrive at the same time and it's like that's hard to do i, I don't know yeah. how how these you know let's talk about the the internal clock right um yeah. that that they just know how much time they've got they can judge it so quickly bradley zimmer by the way according to stack is 88th uh, percentile sprint speed so he's a really fast guy like no matter how you slice it he has those big long strides yeah. just eating up that space so that's he, yeah trust me i came up with one of the best uh, in Vernon Wells, yeah, and the way he got to the ball so quick, and again, Vernon wasn't the fastest guy on the team, but those jumps he'd he'd get off the bat, and I, for me, when I would be shagging, I'd I'd watch these guys just sit there and practice and batting practice, and and just the way that like I'd try to em, emulate their jumps, and they're just on another level, like they see it right off the crack of the bat, the the special guys do, and they just know where where the ball is going to be every time, and I'm like, golly, how. That's that's big league defense for you right there. <laughs> that the big league defense. I I, I don't know the, the speed of those guys. Like I, I remember reading um, uh, the only thing it has to do is work. Or sorry, the book that uh, Sam Miller and and uh, Ben Lindbergh wrote, and they were they general manage like an independent league team, and they were talking about the fastest guy on their team, who's like the speed guy would have been about average on a big league team because like just the level of athleticism in these guys, like if you ran, if, if, if I was, you know, we were talking about me playing men's league sports. If I was trying to run alongside Bradley Zimmer in real life, it would be like, <laughs> I take two steps and he's already like at first base, that sort of thing. Like just yeah. that next level athleticism. And, and it shows itself in so, so many, so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Definitely more spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I think at the end, we just to kind of put a bow on that last conversation. So we talked about the defense and just those are the things I think to that make it easier to win these close games, to come back and win yeah. one run games or hang on to these one run leads. But hopefully, again, they don't, you don't have to rely on that. It's, this is all part of making a good team. But at the end of the day, these are games that they've won, right? They're, yeah. they're what 12 and seven here when we're recording and they're going to play a game this afternoon. So, you can't you can't erase those games and it looks like again the Yankees are are off to a, a really good start. So every every win counts. You get them how you can, and you just can see I think with this Blue Jays team that a few more things are going to start to click and they'll be fine. Yeah, and and we're watching it or we're seeing it. Um, you know, the rotation seems to kind of have taken a little bit of a step forward. It, it was like the first few starts it was just Manoa and and, and Gosman, and mm-hmm. now it seems like Barrios has kind of turned it on and let me tell you this when you face a team twice in 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 like a week it's not easy like mm. what Barrios was able to do in Fenway and then he came back and then shut him out at home first or he gave up two runs in seven innings um it's not easy because it's just it's kind of like man I gotta face this lineup again I wish I was getting a, a different look but you know but he went out there and did his thing and 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 it almost seems like he's kind of gotten on a roll Gosman, I mean, golly, man, like <laughs> the start that he's had has been a dream. This this is exactly why you pay top dollar for him. And it's crazy because, you know, you, you've seen the evolution of Kevin Gosman from the Oriole days to the Braves. And then he goes to San Francisco and you don't always know if it's going to translate from the, from the NL West because you pitch in such big ballparks. You start wondering like, oh, is this going to translate to the AL East where the stadiums are not as big as they are on the NL West? And he's left no doubt, man. I mean. He's a treat to watch, and if you're a fan, man, lock it in every fifth day when that guy's throwing because it is it is fun, and 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 he's definitely um, been amazing to watch. And then you, I mean, we all know what Manoa has done. You know, he's just it seems like there's just no stopping that guy right now. And um, every quality starts after quality starts, and <clears throat> and I mean, unsung hero Ross Stripling again. We talked a bit about him last night and what he's a, what he's able to do and just the type of uh, 
how big it is to have that type of pitcher in your rotation. Like what a luxury, like this guy can be a starter. He can be a long reliever. Um, and trust me, it, it ain't easy to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but this guy's making it look easy. And, uh, you hope that Ryu obviously is feeling better and he's, uh, and, and he's, you know, coming within himself so that he's able to help this rotation. And then Kikuchi, ah, Kikuchi, man, it's just, <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Drew. I mean, you tell he he he's frustrating to watch because I sit there and I'm like, I wish I threw 95, 96, 97 whenever I wanted. And and how is this guy getting hit? And I feel like everyone sees the nasty stuff, and I I feel like he just doesn't trust it yet. And trust me, I, it took me a long time. And it was actually uh, John Schneider, out of all people, when he was my catcher in double A. And he said, dude, the day you realize how good your stuff can be is the day that this is going to turn around for you. The day you realize how good your stuff can be, this is when it's going to turn around for you. And I feel like Kikuchi, we've seen flashes of it. I saw flashes of it last year with the Seattle Mariners. And then and then it just, it's just an up and down, up and down, up and down. So you hope that he... He trusts his fastball. For me, it's trust your fastball, man. Stop nibbling around. 95, 96, 97 ain't easy to hit. You talk to any hitter from the left, especially from the left side, you talk to any hitter, they'll tell you, man, that's that's tough to hit, a well-located fastball. It's when he starts nibbling to me that he kind of falls in trouble, and then obviously he has to come with 95 down the middle. I want, in my mind, I want Ross Stripling and Yusei Kikuchi to sit down side by side and just talk. <laughs> because, you know, you talked about this unsung hero and and – Stripling is pitched so well, but he does it in like a way that is, I mean, baseball's come so, it's changed so much. The Ross Stripling throws 92, right? That he, he sits mm-hmm. 92, which is by any regular human measure, unbelievable. Like if, if I was standing in against Ross Stripling, the sound of 92 would probably make me lose my mind. Like I would jump out <laughs> of the batter's box. If he said, I'm going to throw it on the outside half and I would be standing there shaking and I would die. For at 92, and that is well below average this year. But his he uses his forcing fastball so well. You know, throwing it at guys like J.D. Martinez, like throwing it past him. I, I was just looking mm-hmm. at his numbers this year. He's got like a, you know, 34% whiff rate on his four-seam fastball. It's it's the pitch he throws the most as a put-away pitch. And he throws 92. So mm-hmm. what, is, what does Stripling know? The Kikuchi doesn't yet. And you hope that somehow, mm-hmm. like, over time, and, and I'm sure that the Blue Jays, A, know what kind of a weapon he's got there. And, and if it's about trusting your stuff or it's about pitching backwards or, or if that's what he does or if it's if it's not. I mean, that, that doesn't mean anything anymore. I mean, pitching backwards. Nobody throws a first-pitch fastball to save their lives. So <laughs> you just said throw the fastball at the end of the count when you're trying to get the strikeout. So ho- hopefully, again, you can Kikuchi can kind of – Maybe feel if, if it's a matter of command, if it's a matter of if, if he's worried about missing over the middle or, or whatever it might be. But you yeah, just love I, to see those two guys kind of like, like you tell him how to do what you do and then he'll be good. Yeah. No, it, it, it and it's, it's true. It, it's just, you see it. You see it. That's the thing. You see the flashes of it. You're like, that, that start against Houston. You saw that one inning. He came out and you're like, whoa, like this is. He, he he's he's got it going and then the mm-hmm. next inning it's a hip it's a hiccup and it's like it and i feel like it's like that with this guy and and again as a great pat hankin used to tell me a well-located fastball is tough to hit no matter if it's 89 92 94 95 no no matter what it is 
Like if mm-hmm. you locate your fastball well, I'm not talking about nibbling. Don't nibble around the corners. Just locate the fastball. And and again, he's got 97 in his back pocket whenever he wants. So that's why it's a bit frustrating to watch him. And I'm like, oh man, like this guy's got such good stuff. Like what I would do to be able to throw that whenever <laughs> I want it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I, I think there's obviously, and I'm sure he's, him and Pete are hammering it down and, and, and again, he shows flashes of it. Now it's just him believing in it that he, he, he can pitch to contact more. I think it takes time too. That's the sense mm-hmm. you get it. And that's something that you think about from like a player development standpoint, something the Blue Jays talk about and uh, which is not only is this, does this guy have a skill that we can refine or does this guy have, does a thing that we can that we can build on? But it's like, is he ready and willing to try it? And I don't yeah. know that I, I don't know that Yusei Kukuchi is not that. It just it's going to take time, right? It's going to take time yeah. to to build that. I think to build that confidence to know, like, yeah, it's it's one two, but you know, you're up, you're ahead one and two, but you should still go back to the fastball here, like throw it up yeah. in the zone as opposed yeah. to trying to like bury a slider in the dirt and have the guy embarrass himself, like. The, all this, they all count the same, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think Stripling mm-hmm. and Gosman are both great examples. And even yeah. even to contrast a little bit against Barrios, like Gosman and and Ross Stripling is Ross Stripling in particular, like it's so hard to square up. You look at his numbers, and he's just like allowed such a small amount of hard hit balls. You know, some of the some of the like his average exit velocity is among the best in the league. And again, he throws ninety two. His fastball doesn't spin for shit, but he can just he's like you said, a well located fastball it, and dots it, and he and he throws it in in counts where guys are off balance. And and yeah. I think that Barrios is like struggled a little bit in that he's been getting hit hard, but the results were good. And I think that that's that's the mark of of a guy who is exactly what what he is. Right, he takes the ball 32, 33 times a year. He goes out. He's going to eat innings and. He's going to find that, find his 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 touch and find his command in a way that it's now he's not getting hit hard anymore, and it's not such a struggle to get through some of those innings. And he's going to really mm-hmm. like take that next step forward and be, you know, one of the four number twos that this offense can or this rotation can kind of boast. Yeah, because you look at Manoa, and it's like he knows his ninety five, ninety six is a hundred and twenty. He has that mentality that, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to challenge you. And, I, and then uh, on top of that, I'll throw that wipeout slider and punch you out whenever. But I'm going to challenge you with my heater. And he comes at guys. And when you're jumping ahead and when you have good rhythm um, on the mound, it, it, it makes the world of difference uh, to a hitter. You know, But if you're ball one, strike one, ball two, strike two, and then you know, it just gives these hitters to time you a little bit better. But when you're when you're on top, and I'm not telling, I'm not saying Kikuchi has to have, has to be the, you know, the big bad guy on the mound like like Manoa is, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but you know, take some of that mentality, watch it, and and be like, man, this guy uses his ninety five, ninety six really, really well. What if I went and did that, you know, and jumped ahead of guys and and like that? It gives me a little bit of room for error, and 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 I feel like when if if he does that, Kikuchi is going to be, you know, what we thought he was going to be and or what we think he's going to be because of his stuff. Again, he's got all the stuff, all the tools. And now it's just, I, I, I read a good tweet about him. It says, I keep hearing about Kikuchi's stuff. I keep waiting for Kikuchi to believe in it. And it's true. Someone should send it to him in a DM. Like, hey, hey have you seen this? Let's take a look at your stuff. What if I told you there's a left-hander who throws 95, 96, got a really nice slider, messes around maybe with a cutter too much. You you wouldn't believe how good that guy is. He's you. Uh, by the way, Alec Manoa, uh, absolutely, like, in, in a lot of ways, 
like I, I can't see him. He's his strikeout rate's good, right? He strikes out what twenty five percent of batters he's faced this year, which is above average. I can't see him becoming like a Garrett Cole, you know, thirty percent like some kind of strikeout monster. But at the same time, everything that Alec Manoa does is the stuff that you'd want a starting pitcher to do, right? Oh my strikes god, strikes guys yeah. out, throws strikes, and doesn't give up, doesn't get hit hard. It's a uh, the total package, and it's it's the mentality too that he takes to the mound. You're like. Damn, this guy is a motherfucker on the mound. Like he's just, he's just, he just has that mentality, right? I mean, he just, he, he's just, he's, 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 he wants to fight. I feel like every hitter that gets up, like you see him talking to himself, you see him kind of walking around, and you're like, okay, like this guy, this guy brings it every fifth day. He, he really does, and, and and it's fun to watch. It's just, it's a different mentality than a Barrios and a Gosman, the way they carry themselves, mm-hmm. and then you get Big Bad Manoa, and it's like. I'm here, like I'm here, and this is my mound, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and and kick your ass. I feel like he's toned down the thing where he would like rub the ball up and like stare yeah. at the batter. <laughs> he, they, I I feel like that. I mean, which is not necessarily a, a bad thing, right? If there's so much talk about the baseball culture and kind of like you know the unwritten rules and things, I I, I get the sense that maybe a couple of veterans are like mm, just maybe take it easy with the stare down of the batter, but like still do you right? It, it's really yeah. important. I think it's important to find that balance and. And hopefully Kikuchi can, again, no one's asking Kikuchi to be the ace, right? No one's expecting him to come no. win 20 games and throw 200 innings at two ERA. Just, you know, come out there. Well, get the, if, For me, selfishly, go through, get, the, get through the lineup twice, right? Just come out and, and give us your bet. Give us your best. Give me, give me 18 outs. I'm mm-hmm. happy. But beyond happy with 18 yeah. outs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and listen, like, like we're talking about this and like, you know, he doesn't have to be a Manoa. Like I, I, I bring myself as an example just because of my experiences. I knew I was never going to be a Roy Halladay. And even the day he left, I knew I wasn't going to be Roy Halladay. But I took mm-hmm. bits and pieces of his game and his mentality mm-hmm. and, and I applied it to my own. Like, you know, for example, for him, he wasn't satisfied with 18 outs. He wanted 27. So I was like, mm-hmm. man, I want to I want to do that. I want to follow that. So he wasn't the guy. He wasn't an Alec Manoa on the mound. But you saw the you saw the the intensity in his eyes every time he went out there and how focused he was and little mm-hmm. stuff like that that I feel like as a starting pitcher or just a pitcher in general, you can take this kind of stuff and, and apply it to your game and be like, OK, this fits me. This doesn't. Um, and and. And I feel like that's what makes that that's what makes you better. And 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 in this game, you can never stop learning. Alec Manoa doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who you're going to catch like peeking into the dugout in like the fifth inning. Maybe like, <laughs> yo, maybe you want to come and get me or early in the sixth. Like, I got I got my decision. You know, let's keep, see if we can spare the ERA. That does not seem like uh, like that's Alec Manoa's uh, way that he's ever going to operate. Yeah, no, and it's good to see a rotation again. You're going to need, you know all these guys to be clicking and and right now they it's fun when when they get on a roll like this and it's going to be fun when both sides of the offense and defense are clicking and and next thing you know you're going to be like wow now now we're now we're seeing these uh I don't know 10 nothing games and and a complete game or something like that you know and uh yeah it's just patience and again enjoy the wins enjoy the wins Enjoy the gauntlet season. That's the other thing to think about if you're a Blue Jays fan that that I I need to remember too that eking out wins or grabbing a, having a, a, a maybe unsustainable record in one run games. This is the, as tough as the schedule is going to get. Yeah, Red Sox, yeah. Yankees, Astros, Red Sox, Astros coming in to face the Blue Jays again. Like you said, that 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 challenge, that extra bit of difficulty facing a team 
um, uh, right at one right after another. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Blue Jays played Houston tough on the road. Now they're back, of course, in Toronto where they, where they play so well. I saw some really interesting stuff from Red Sox fans. I saw somebody had been into like Red Sox Reddit and was talking about how it just, the Blue Jays almost feel inevitable in that ballpark, right? The Blue Jays with their comebacks and George Springer, um, you know, uh, as an example of the guy who comes up late in the game and you're just like, it doesn't matter who we put out there. It feels like he's good. He's going to get him. So a, 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 a really exciting and fun time to be a Blue Jays fan. Remember those things. Remember that those are Red Sox fans who are dreading. Yeah seeing things happen here at the Rogers Center. So Blue Jays got the, got the Astros coming up. Going to be a really exciting series. I will be back at the, in a few days with Caitlin and then Ricky. And I will be back in one week's time to talk more about your Toronto Blue Jays. His name is Ricky. My name is Drew. I'll talk to you next time on Spinner.